for as long as the firecrackers from the campfire, the Zandalari have told tales about the past of great beings. There have been stories of great heroes, majestic kings, and horrifying monsters that we pass down from generation to generation. Yet there has always been one type of story that has entranced our empire for as long as anyone would remember. And that is the tales of the Loa. Welcome to Lore Club, your World of Warcraft community podcast for stories, theories, and everything else in between. And now, here is your host, Kai Sharky Boy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Lore Club Episode 4. First off, I like to give a little bit of an apology for lack of an episode last week. I was recovering from a bit of a chest cold, and I might still sound a little bit nasally, but at least I'm starting to feel a little bit better. But anyways, I'm actually glad that you're uh, here today, because today we are going on a field trip! That's right, today we are going on a tour around the land of Zoldazar, and visit the various shrines of the Loa that influenced the Zandalari Empire for as long as Azeroth's been around. For those who are not familiar, the Loa are spirit gods of the various troll empires that control certain aspects of nature and culture. There are plenty of Loa we can explore around various troll empires, but we're going to focus on the Zandalari Loa for today. Plus, since the Zandalari trolls have become a playable race in the World of Warcraft recently, I think it's the perfect time to explore some of the lore behind the Zandalari. Also, don't worry you Alliance fans, we will get to the Kul'Tirians and the various stories about the Alliance in future episodes. So grab your sack lunches, get your travel buddy, and buckle up, because we're going on a ride towards the land of Zandalar and meet the Loa. So here's how our tour is going to work. We are first going to start our tour in the jungles of Zulazar and head on north to the northern bay. Next, we will take a detour to the deserts of Vuldun, then we will trek towards the swamps of Nazmir and finish our tour back to Zulazar to meet the Loa of all Loas. For the first leg of our tour, we're heading into the Garden of the Loa to meet Gunk, the Great Hunter. And I know what some of you are thinking, hurdy her, his name is Gunk. I know, it's kind of a bit of a silly name, but trust me, Gunk is more than just a silly name. Not only is he known for his name, but he is also the master of shapeshifting and the art of hunting within the Zandalari culture. Able to turn into any kind of predator, Gonk became well known for attracting various packs of raptors and communing with nature. His followers actually followed very similar rituals to the Centrion Circle druids around Moonglade. So similar, in fact, that during the Cataclysm, the Darkspear trolls were able to become druids after adapting to Gonk's practices of shapeshifting and keeping the balance of the natural order. Not only was he able to give his followers the power to shapeshift, but he was also able to give the Zendalari trolls the ability to contact other Loa despite who they worship. As we continue our tour, however, he is not the only Loa who has a deep connection with the Troll Empire. Up on the hills north of the Garden of the Loa, we come up to the Shrine of Paku, the Loa of the Winds. Not only is she the master of the sky, but she is also the official symbol of the Zandalari Navy. 
Some say that the wing beat from her massive wings would always point in the right direction towards their destination at great speeds. Whether that is true or not, one thing is for sure. Paku is the one loa for travelers of all of the troll races. Now we can't simply talk about Paku and Gonk without mentioning their eternal rivalry towards each other. They never really wanted to kill each other, but they also don't really see eye to eye. While one is willing to fly head towards battle, the other one signals a retreat away into the jungles to protect his pack. Yet, despite their differences, they still cooperate when times become dire. But we're going to actually continue on uh, on our tour to something that is a little bit more unpredictable. Now I get it that we aren't really going to go much into detail with some of the Loa, but there are some Loa that I think might be worth mentioning, including one that has a very unassuming shrine, but yet holds a lot of power. Come along. So as we continue our tour, we will now come across one of the many shrines of Jani, the Scavenger Loa, on the outskirts of the Zalador, right by one of the trade markets. Now some of you might be wondering, why are there piles of junk all around Zandalar? Well, these piles of various artifacts and knickknacks is home of Jani, the Scavenger Loa. He represents all of the small raptor-like creatures known as Salids, who are notorious for stealing various objects from market stands and unsuspecting tourists. They are harmless, but they can cause a lot of mischief if you're not careful with them. Now what makes this Loa special, however, is not only for his thievery, but his very protective nature of his possessions. Any adventurer who decides to steal from their hoard of treasures would be punished by the Loa by transforming the thief into a Salid, and the only way to turn back to normal is to accept any task that Johnny comes up with until he is satisfied. Although half the time, Johnny would probably ask the thief to either steal something or bite someone in the buttocks. Yeah, he's kind of a little weird. But don't worry, he's relatively harmless. Just don't steal from his trash. I, I mean treasure. I mean treasure. Treasure. Uh, well, we should probably get going. Uh, we, we have a lot more to see. Come along now. Come along now. Oh, oh, you have a little uh, salad on your um, uh, on your leg. Don't worry, I got that for you. So for the next leg of our adventure, we go deeper into the into the jungle to walk into the shrine of Chandra. Now Chandra had many titles during her reign as a spider loa. These are just a few. The Venom Queen, the Silk Dancer, Mother of Venom, God of Spiders, Death's Love, and Mistress of Spies. Whew, boy, I have to admit, that is a lot of titles. Of course, there is debate over whether Johnny is the Loa Spies or Chandra, but we would be here all day if we tried to explain that story. Now, normally she would reside inside the temple, but unfortunately, Chandra was killed during the Zandalari Civil War. During that war, the essence of Chandra was absorbed into the priestess Yasma to gain her power to overthrow King Rastakhan. In doing so, Yasma mutated into a troll-slash-spider demigod and currently resides in the city of Atal Dazar, ruling over the ruined city of gold. Some say that she's able to raise spiders from the void, and if you touch one of her spiders, your soul would become hers forever. But that is another story for another time. Now we continue on east to the coastline of Zandalar to meet with Grawl, Loa of the Sea. 
Now, Grawl's story is one of ruin and revenge. Five years before the Horde set foot in Zandalar, Grawl was the Loa that watched over the entire fleet of the Zandalari navy. From his underwater shrine, he blesses every ship heading out for protection from the elements and pirates. But then, the Naga began to attack the shrine, slaughtered every follower into the seaside, and destroyed his shrine. Although recently, wandering adventurers discovered the seaside ruins and repelled the Naga invasion from moving inland towards Tolteran territory. Not only did they repel the attack, but the adventurers were able to resurrect Grawl from his ruined state and eliminated the source of the Naga threat from his temple. Nowadays, Grawl still waits in the waters, waiting for the Naga to attack once again and find out exactly why that they wanted to destroy his shrine. Now let's head over to the deserts of Vuldun, to the Temple of Akuna. Akuna the Thunder Lizard is also known as the Loa of Storms and New Beginnings. Apparently he has the power to wash away past regrets and bad memories from his subjects. He also likes to store those memories in the Valley of Sorrows inside clay pots. Yeah, apparently memories can't really escape clay for some reason. But anyways, this is the kind of power that caused to create a cult around getting rid of these memories almost altogether and finding Nirvana through forgetfulness, which if you're not familiar, Nirvana is pretty much the absence of emotion. So basically you feel no joy, no fear, no pain, no sorrow, just an extinguished feeling. Now recently, a hex priest known as Akunda the Exalted poisoned the local watering hole near, nearby his temple where Akuna the Thunder Lizard was drinking, and Akuna the Exalted stole his dead body and dragged it into the temple. With the dead Thunder Lizard at hand, he dragged the body into the temple and used his essence as a power source for his cult of the Thunder Lizard. Luckily, the heroes of the Horde managed to stop the whole operation and rescued those who were affected by Akuna the Exalted in various schemes. We now head north to the shores of Vuldun, to the Temple of Arika no Kimbal, also known as the Tiger Loa. Now, Kimbal's story is very similar to Grawl's story of his Naga attack, although there is a little bit more to this attack than pure vandalism. For the Temple of Kimbal, not only was his followers slaughtered, but the Naga put a curse on said temple for the spirits of his long-forgotten followers. The curse caused the trapped souls to engage in a never-ending battle with the Naga for all eternity, and Kambal was not allowed to leave his sanctuary until his new followers returned to his temple. Recently, however, with the mystical Ring of the Tides and the help from the local Tolterans who settled around the area, Kambal was freed by a wandering adventurer who went into the Shadowlands and defeated the Naga who was using the curse to withhold his power. With this discovery of the Tiger Loa, the Tolterans of the Forgotten Coast became new followers of the Tiger Loa and began to rebuild his new following. Now let's continue our tour into the soggy swamps of Nazmir, where we discover another Loa that the Zandalari and the Tolterra share together, uh, known as Torga the Turtle Loa. So Torga was the Loa of Wisdom, and I said was because unfortunately, just like Chandra, he was killed by the local blood trolls of the area. Man, there's a lot of death involving with all of these. Although, he is not really entirely lost. Through the help of Baswamdi, the Loa of Death, which we'll get to a little bit later, Princess Taranje, the Tolterans, and the Speaker of the Horde, they were able to communicate with the dead Loa and prevent the blood trolls from harvesting its body. 
They also managed to stop the Herald of Blood from entering into Azeroth and causing Cahoon, uh, which is one of the old gods, from rising up in uh, Nazmir. Though the reason why they killed Torga in the first place was still somewhat a mystery, all was not lost. Through sheer wit and a couple of sea scrolls lying around, Torga was able to resurrect himself into a new smaller body by one of his followers. The new resurrected Torga now makes his home on one of the backs of the of the Tolterans that reside within Gloom Hollow, located just north of our next location. Now for our next location, I do want to warn you, th some of these waters, they do have a little bit of leeches in them, so uh, yeah, be very careful about that. We now travel south to the frog marshes of Nazmir to meet with the frog loa known as Kragwa the Huge. Now the title Kragwa the Huge was no mere coincidence. He is quite literally huge. His sheer weight and his, and his tongue has been used for centuries to crush entire armies with a single hop or a big swooping swoosh of his giant tongue. And trust me, you do not want to get licked by that. Although he is not only a destructive being, but he also gave life to all the dire toads that protect his swamp and gives shelter to those who seek refuge. Kragwa also gave life to the tadpoles that would eventually be became the krogs that run around Nazmir to this day. Granted, they were originally tadpoles that were corrupted by the blood trolls, but nowadays it seems like every single hunter around Zandalar has at least, like, well, one of these guys running around. Kragwa is very protective of his children, but once you gain his trust through food and vengeance against the blood trolls, he would become your friend for life. For the final leg of our tour around Nazmir, we now confront with Death himself in the necropolis towards the north. He is a spirit that always loves to make a deal to those who are nearly departed. He is known as Baswamdi, the Loa of Death. Now, if you trekked around the jungles of Zolazar and through the swamps of Nazmir, you've probably already seen him pop up from time to time. That is because he not only represents death to the Zandalari, but he also represents death to anyone who enters into the land of Zolazar. If you were passed on inside the la lands of this country, you would see Baswamdi, an undead troll with a skull mask on, taunting you about your death. That's mostly because he is an incentive to give the adventurers a chance to redeem themselves from dying a very unfair or embarrassing death. We might revisit Baswamdi in a future episode of Lore Club, but for now, all you need to know is that he is the one guy that you do not want to mess with in the afterlife. Because trust me, he will drag you down, 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 and down into the necropolis. But for now, we must go back to the jungles of Zolazar to meet up with the ruler that ruled all the other Loa. So now we're back in the northern jungles of Zolazar to meet the one Loa that rules them all. He is a massive devil sore that dons the gold-plated armor that glistens in the sunlight. He could crush his enemies in one gigantic stomp. He is known as Razan, the Loa of Kings. Now this Loa is special because he is not only the official Loa of the Zandalari royalty, but Razan had the power to give the leaders of the Empire prolonged life. Well, kinda. It wasn't really eternal life, but more like a long-lasting youth that can last up to a thousand years. Which in troll years can be very impressive. Although he wasn't just any other Loa that grants long-lasting life. 
He is also the spiritual advisor to the king of the Zandalari Empire, known as King Rastakhan, before he switched his allegiance to Baswamdi. Unfortunately, there is a grim reason why Rastakhan took Baswamdi's offer to become his new Loa. You see, during the Zandalari Civil War, Rizan was killed and resurrected as an undead Loa by Zul, the Great Betrayer. While trying to confront Zul in the golden city of Atal Dazar, Razan was struck by the corrupted blood magic of Cahoon and turned into the undead monstrosity that roams in the lower pits of the city. Nowadays, he still roams inside that pit, terrifying adventurers into submission with his mighty roar and his undead raptors giving chase. Although the most unfortunate of, the, of this circumstance is that he currently is tortured time and again by being resurrected by Cahoon to continue his eternal patrol. With this in mind, he is never able to find any peace, and must continue to patrol the city until Atal Dazar is fully destroyed. And that is the end of our tour! I hope you enjoy our little journey through Zandalar. We haven't really covered all of the Loa within the Zandalari Empire, but we might visit back again someday for a little bit of a closer look. I hope I get to see you guys next time, and keep adventuring out there. Thanks for listening to Lore Club. If you want to see some updates, put in a suggestion for a new topic, or you just wanted to say hi, follow me at KaiSharkyBoy on Twitter. You can also find me at Cast and Call Club for any of your voiceover needs. And feel free to stop by by my website at sharkyboystudios.wordpress.com for blog updates and more. And remember... I'll see you soon.